I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Peace. This is MC White Owl, the one and only MC White Owl. You're rocking with the Luca Petta Show. I'm on. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Nobody knows. Nobody cares They just don't seem to understand But it's time they found out When I was younger, mama used to tell me go with the flow And I never could tell which way the flow go No more than I know, it ain't about the dough Got the horses and the chariots, you couldn't swing low And yo, no matter how hard we perform There'll always be a hater to waste your words on When the garments get torn Tossed across the lawn The grass is always green And my demeanor's word born This is word born For children of the corn Happy wife, happy life Rock to the first horn On my second ill behavior My daughter's name is Ava Right across the farm I had the bomb from my neighbor The owl, I'm a savior You preach it to the choir The stone got the bevel The devil is a liar Me, I'm not a buyer The product don't expire It's lightning in a bottle A real live wire If they knew what I know It'd be a different situation A breeze through the trees Spread cosmic information Locked to the station We've been Standing for ages, preaching from the text, it's the wisdom of the sages. Stages to a puzzle that's constantly in motion. A beautiful angel send the love across the ocean. Fluid with the motion, my noodle for the rhyming. The audio, visual, a digital shaman. This is kismet, that's destiny, fate. Better once than never, regardless of late. Searching for the answers to the age-old question. Reading, writing, believing I should mention we are not experiencing things on the same plane. Speaking into existence, extolling the name. Playing with the flame, you gon' catch that stick. Like trying to stop her from leaving cause she came too quick. The brightest shine and the most beautiful eyes. Namaste. Praying that your soul recognize I'm a DJ and I'm an MC too. Cause that's the type of ish that hip-hop do. B-boy for the crew. Carry the cases. When I got up to the plate, I went four extra bases. Seen a lot of faces, city to city. Stacks the packs of the wax, techniques getting busy. If they knew what I know, would be a different situation. A breeze through the trees, spread cosmic information. Locked to the station, we've been scanning for ages. Preaching from the text, it's the wisdom of the sages. Stages to a puzzle that's constantly in motion. A beautiful angel send the love across the ocean. Fluid with the motion, my noodle for the rhyming. The audio, visual, a digital shaman. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome once again. We're in season two of the Lou Capetta Show. I'm your host, Lou Capetta, and I have a guest this episode, very special guest. Uh, I'm going to try not to sound too much like a fanboy because I am a fan. If you listen to this show, you know that I love hip-hop music. I grew up on it. 
I attempted to rhyme for a little while years ago. We won't talk about that, though. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, my guess is laughing. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I love hip-hop music. Not the crap that my kids listen to, but old-school old classic New York City hip-hop music. And my guest today, uh, I was put onto by uh, Jeff Perlman. He is putting out old school classic boom bap New York City hip hop music. He is the one and only MC White Owl. What's up, man? Uh beautiful to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate <laughs> nah, it's, it's my pleasure, man. I and I'm not uh I'm telling you, man, I, I like I I truly I've become a fan of your work. I appreciate your uh I don't want to say I don't want to necessarily say old school sound because uh not, not for any other reason than that makes me feel old, but that just that classic, that classic New York City city sound, which you don't hear a lot in, in hip hop music um, coming out of New York really uh, anymore. So is that obviously is that something you consciously go after? Is that just always your style that you adhere to that, that style you, you you came up with? Obviously, that is my style. I appreciate you noticing it. But um I believe, honestly, there's a lot of good hip-hop coming out right now. The problem is very hard to find it. And, you know, mm-hmm. most of it exists in the same little vacuum. You know, a lot of the guys are doing the same exact kind of path as me. So I'm a fan first, and I've been a fan mm-hmm. since uh, late, the mid-late 80s. And I've been a DJ since 89 and an MC since 90. And I worked at a bunch of record labels, had a major, re- uh, you know, label record deal mm-hmm. in two- 2001 but there's a lot of guys making good hip-hop and i know why you think of it the way you do but my thing's a combination of two things number one it's the it's the beats are sample based so yes. you're hearing you're hearing that boom bap sample based sound but also the lyrics are pretty much it's it is what it is it's that type of hip-hop it's supposed to be clear you're supposed to understand it a lot of similes and metaphors. Some point. yeah it's wordplay and but but it is being done though i mean that would be real dumb and and very ignorant and greedy of me to say, oh, you know, I'm doing that and that. It's everywhere. It's just it doesn't get any focus on the radio because that's not serving radio's purpose right now. Right, right. It's not what the kids are listening to. Uh, not at all. And but thank God, you know, for me, the people that I always like to shout out are SiriusXM, Shade Forty Five, mm-hmm. Pop Nation. Those are the stations that play me. You know, when I right. when I get played radio, it's on XM Radio. So. Right, I saw that uh, in your in your your press kit that I, that you uh, that you've been on on Sirius XM uh, a, a couple times, a bunch of times, and they, yeah. and they support they support very strong. The DJs have their own agendas, and you know, trying to get trying to fit into those agendas sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. That's not really the purpose, you know. For me, as an old school right. hip hop fan, also as a DJ, it's more about just continue to release music. I'm, you know, I'm a certain age that I know at some point when my kids are grown, I'll hit the road, you know, mm-hmm. and then it'll be, that's how you support yourself. You have, as I'm also a producer, I'm a DJ. So there's different reasons why, you know, it is what it is, this path and why it sounds the way it does, but I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, so you, you made uh, a couple of uh, interesting references there uh as far as years go so i i'm assuming that that 
puts us uh, puts us relatively the same age. Eighty. My uh, my introduction to hip hop was eighty eight with uh, Big Daddy Kane. That's so. Crazy. <laughs> yeah so i yeah. mean i'm a, I'm a huge cane guy I, I always have been but 88 89 and it's it's been uh you know ever since then man i, I fell in i fell in love with it um so i i just i appreciate i appreciate the sound i know like you said it's it's not um on the radio as much but i do i do hear it i mean it's it's hard like i i was telling you uh, before I'm, I'm originally from Jersey. I, I'm, I live out in PA now. So, I mean, it's, it's, and I, I live, I live in white PA. Like it, my, the town, I live, the town I live in is, is Nazareth. Like it don't, it don't, it don't get less hip hop than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah, it is hard to find. Um, but what, how are you, able to i mean you said serious xm but how are you really able to uh get yourself out there because i feel in some aspects as far as like um radio major radio play is concerned it might be more difficult in this uh in this current age maybe i'm, I'm wrong about that but the other avenues artists have to directly reach the listener it seems may there may be more of those there's a lot of avenues to reach people but of course, at the same time, there people have no uh, people have no attention span. Yeah, you know, there's so many ways to hit people. But what what are you really getting at with them? And I mean, to answer your question, I guess for me, I've been doing it for so long that I'm going to be doing it anyway. I'm a part of a community mm-hmm. that you know, of, uh, it's there's not that many guys that um, there are not that many guys that produce and make music at the level and as much as I do. Those people, you know, if they're in New York, New York City, whatever, you know, they, we basically all know each other to some degree. Mm -hmm. If I don't know them personally, but I'm a fan, maybe I'll be able to know them. Like that's the level that it's at. When I was younger, you know, there was the people that, of course, there's the Big Daddy Kane's, the Rock Cams, Eric Mm -hmm. uh, Sermon, Barry Smith, whoever it is, Biz Marquis, Public Enemy, you know, those are the people you're going to try to be like. So you're going to, you're going to, Produce as much as you can. Be around hip hop. As a DJ for me, I DJed in the New York City clubs from '96 to 2006. Like, right. Heavy. So, just coming up in that era, and with the work ethic, you know, I have a good work ethic, and it's basically just I'm a member of multiple groups. One of them is called Sophisticated Savage, which is me, mm-hmm. a, a own radio host from New York, Rhinoceros Funk, another MC, Yazid Yazilla, and we work out of a place called TME. Fred One's a DJ from Gorilla Grooves Radio. Is the DJ at TME, but he's a right. very well producer. So I know, yeah, I've, I've heard of him. I, f- I follow him on uh, on some of the social media stuff. Okay, cool. He's a, I mean, he's a pillar in Bronx hip hop. So, and then I'm part of a group called Certain Ones, which is a uh, collective of 16, 17 people from around the world. We put out like a, one or two songs a um, a week, and I want to shout mm. out Bobby Craves is there head engineer, head producer of uh, certain ones, and that's his group. And he, I mean, part of it is just constantly bombarding people, trying every avenue you can, be it writing right. music, sports, like the Perlman connection that I have, you know, sending things into TV shows. Back when I got on, I came out of Binghamton University. I graduated in 98 from upstate New York. I was on the radio. From the mm. radio, I went to work in a recording studio from 98 to 2000. I must have sent out literally a 1,000 demo tapes. 
And when you do that, you know, you just start to meet people. You, you keep the contacts. I had a major label record deal. So my name was White Owl on Warner Brothers in 2000, 2001. It was on MTV for a while. Right. And then from there, you just, you know, it's like any other job. You, you need to literally, and you cannot stop. I took a break, which hurt me. Um, but in the hip hop game, the way things work, it actually ended up hurt, uh, helping me, you know, besides they're hurting me because I stopped DJing in 2006. Somebody came back out right a year later with my name. Yeah. Was I, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that was a, that, well, I'll, that, I'll tell that later in the story, but basically just, that's like more fuel for the fire. Then you're like, all right, you know, now I'm getting older. I have a little bit of money. I have a chance to do what I want to do. How will I pursue this? And, you know, I haven't figured it out because if I had figured it out, then you, you know, I, I might be talking to you in a better format or I'd be over there taking a limo, whatever it is. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I've, I've figured it out right. enough to know that I'm going to figure it out. Right. I'm on the path. You're, uh, well, listen, um, man, yeah, you're doing your thing. You really are. Yeah. Uh, cause I was going to ask you that cause I, I, cause I know like, so the first time I spoke, so obviously you have a relationship with Jeff Perlman. You're uh, yes. you're good friends with him, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. he's my good friend. Yep. All right. So Jeff Perlman is my. So when I started this, I started this uh, last year, and um, Jeff Perlman was one of the first people I reached out to to try to have on. He's my favorite uh, writer. I'm a big Mets fan. He wrote my favorite book, and right. I just was like, oh, let me hit him up. I didn't think he was going to respond. He, that, and then I, I've spoken to him since. He's been on the show again. He's, he's a really, really cool guy. And he, right, one of right. um, a friend of mine that I used to rhyme with back in the day, he actually uh, is still doing music and stuff and, and producing and stuff like that. His cat uh, enrichment uh, from Jersey. I he he made the music for my opening, and Jeff heard it was asking me, and then I started asking him about uh, the the music in his podcast, which is uh, your song, one of my favorites, Croissants. I appreciate uh, it. I love that. I love that. Made the beat. And yeah, and I love that. I love that uh, that sample, man. That's the the Big L sample. Yeah, Rest in Paradise, Big L. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that song is dope. Aliens and flying saucers. This is all an illusion. Please pardon the confusion. You made an ass out of yourself and me for assuming. The flow is moving. Monumental mountains. Trillions of ideas. But really, who's counting? Linear landscapes. Snakes with handshakes. Support the left. He put when I flow the damn brakes. Slam on these damn brakes. Over these haze takes. Your flake like croissant savants with the land snakes. Over at that clam bake plane that up across station. Don't try to fuck with the owl. You ain't got enough information. I'm ubiquitous, conspicuous, but infinite. Limitless, flow gimmickless. Credit us. It's still your trust and held them up. You ever had a moment in time when you heard that inner voice say, No matter what happened before, everything gon' be okay. I got a message from the universe and it wanted me to relate. The fight is infinite. It's forever here to stay. Aliens and flying saucers. And uh, so, yeah, so he he put me on. But I thought that I remember hearing the name a while ago. And then uh, I noticed that I remember the, the dude from Chicago. 
Uh, I think he's from Chicago, right? The DJ took your name, right? No, no, no. So there was a coincidence, and the, the other DJ White Owl is also from New York. Oh, okay. It's really weird. Uh, I don't right, know if right. there's a DJ from Chicago named DJ White Owl, but there's the DJ White Owl that I'm thinking of is um, from New York, and unfortunately, he passed away. He was our age, which is really oh, wow. crazy, man. So, and Shit, it was just man. a coincidence, just a total coincidence that he had the name. I, you know, basically, long story short is, as a DJ, I was DJ White Owl since 1994. Right. I have the name DJ White Owl and I was White Owl on Warner Brothers Records. I mean, mm-hmm. the name was really Warner Brothers at that point, but for Warner Brothers, I was White Owl, not DJ White Owl. So even though I right. would call myself DJ White Owl on the on the album that we did, it was a major release. On TV and on the prints and stuff, it says White Owl. But regardless, mm-hmm. at some point, I stopped DJing. I never had DJ White Owl before. My tapes were in the stores, multiple mixtapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then someone said to me, like, 2007, 2008, after I had children, they said, you know, I know you're going to be at some club somewhere. And I said, nah, you know, I'm not. it's not me. And they said to me, okay, well, look at the flyer. So there it is, DJ White Owl. So for years, I was mad. I kind of just didn't understand how somebody could not understand that that name was taken. But, you know, hip-hop is... There's multiple people with the same names. It's not that big of a deal. I finally met the guy later on in life. Like, literally, I met him six months before he passed away. Mm. And we talked. He was a nice guy. It was nice to meet him. And I'm like, you know, it's a weird, small world that this guy is also from New York, but different type of hip-hop. He was, was like, involved in more commercial stuff. So... Then he passed away, which was crazy. So that was like, Shit, you know, when, man. when that happened, that was actually, even though I didn't really know the guy, he knew people that I knew. And, and like you said, like he's same nice age. Same age, man. Same age. I'm from uh, Greenberg, New York, from Westchester. I think mm. he was from somewhere in upstate New York. Just a weird coincidence. And it was made me so uneasy that it actually reminded me like, yo, I got to keep putting stuff out now. Like Then I just hit it hard. Right. For the past eight years, I've been releasing music, just a lot of music, and just trying to leave that legacy because you don't get any promises, right? Yeah, man. Uh, it's crazy, like, at the age. So I I don't know exactly. I know we're relatively – I don't know how old you are. I'm 40. I turned okay, 40 this year. All right. So, Born in but 76. When you, yeah, 78. And when I – when uh, man, when you start – I don't know how you feel, but, like – like, it just all of a sudden hit me. Like, like before 40, it's kind of like somebody dies. It's usually, like, a tragic accident or something. Or, like, right. now it's like motherfuckers are, are, are dying of heart attacks. Like, it's shit, like, shit that you always – like, I always was like, oh, yeah, that's for old people. And then it's like it, – it, it fucks you up, man. It's like, it's like damn, getting old. And you got to uh, – yeah, got perspective. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of the words. You know, what, you, this, you should just run this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you hear you, man. I have two kids. Thank God for my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been uh, part of hip hop. I've been blessed. My career has been blessed. But for me, the big thing was uh, I work so much at work and to afford to live in New York and blah 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 to do all the shit that you know. Right. It just started to become. I'm like, you know what? I got to really make sure that I produce and make the things that are important to me. Like going to work every day and working for 10, 12 hours a day is great, but is that uh, making me happy? You know? Yeah. It's and really not great. Since, since, uh, 
since I put that in perspective, life's become a little bit easier. Things are a little bit more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they just seem to fall in line a little better. That perspective. So yeah. So obviously, so what did we talked about? We're the same. We're also in, we're in the same industry in our day jobs. You, you're in construction, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, me too. And uh, yeah, man, it it sucks. Like my kids don't. I got five kids, and they don't. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> don't congratulate me, man. That's nah, just, yeah, I got three girls, two boys. I got so I got three that are grown. My oldest is twenty one. Wow. Yeah. And then uh I got uh nineteen and eighteen. And then um then I have a fourteen year old and and my little guy's seven. So You got a full construction crew, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, my, my nineteen year old son, he's uh debating about getting in because I'm I'm in the union, I'm in the dock builders union and he's debating nice. about getting in the uh apprenticeship program, but uh he don't he don't wanna give up the old weed right now <laughs> so whatever man um but yeah so it's like they don't realize like that uh, 10 12 hours a day and i got I, like i got a commute and this is and and that business is a stressful business man no matter what side you're on it it it's pressure it is so at least time weather your body yeah. People, other people, men, men, grown men from all different backgrounds. It's a crazy business. Yeah, you got to deal with a lot of cra- a lot of crazy characters too, man. A lot. Yes. Of- <laughs> yeah, yes. there's Same some weirdos. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Thank you. That's what I luckily. We'll see how that goes. My my oldest daughter is about to become a nurse, so that's that's nice. pretty good. Yeah, so that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, I always tell people do something that that, that there's a lack of, like nurses and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctors, teachers. There's always going to be sick people. Things like lawyers and bankers. There's too many of them. Do something yeah. that people hate. And people hate them, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's so, another story. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. man. I'm a professor, oh. and I, do, uh, I build buildings that nobody else seems to really understand, which are right. old brick buildings. So that's a that's a skill that I just happened to got blessed and I fell upon, and it's good because there's not a lot of people that know it. Right. That's that actually sounds interesting. I I mean, listen, I got to be honest. Like I, I fucking hate my job. I've talked about it on here plenty of times. It it fucking sucks. I did you know, I did what I had to do. I had an opportunity to get into the to the union, have benefits and all that stuff. Yo, know, livable wage. Although I did have to move to Pennsylvania cuz New Jersey is too fucking expensive. But uh, you know, that type of stuff. So, but like when I was younger, I did, I did, uh, my, you know what I, you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, you know, maybe what I, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you some of the joy said that, and I want an honest review and I'm going to put it at the end of this podcast and you can hurt my feelings. Cause uh, it's funnier that way. If you do, honestly, like to be honest with you, there's a, kind of, we like to laugh. So it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. What is it really? It's, it's about personal. what it makes them feel like. Yeah. That's how I feel. So, um, yeah, but I did no, that, and it, this is my outlet now. And you gotta have an outlet, man. And uh, but you, I, I, how do you, I, how do you find time to do all that and put the work in for like so much music? You, you dropped a, a, a album on iTunes this year, right? Born yesterday was this was this, was, was not uh, too long 2000, ago. 2017. I have three other albums done already, so I'm always <sighs> way way. 
I have so much music done, it's insane, which that's yeah. a common thing. You know, a lot of guys, it's like that. It's not, you know, my thing is this. At work, when I'm at work, I'm writing. If I have a five-minute break or ten-minute break, I'm writing. I write right. a, a song a day, an hour a day. I put in an hour a day. I go to the gym for a half hour. Mm-hmm. An hour, I'm writing the whole time. If I'm at the gym for a half hour, sitting on an elliptical rider, I'm writing on the right. elliptical. Shit. I'll and you find time to go to the gym? The way to work. So, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one. I I mean I seen some of your live videos, but like yeah, that's uh listening to beats. The, the car is big. The car is big, especially when you have kids because you get that you get that time by yourself and correct, correct. And again, my thing is really based on it's you know I don't want to say it's fear. I'm not I'm not fearful, but it's more. I wasted a lot of time in my life. My wife mm-hmm. and I, my wife and I have been together for a long, long time and. From 1999 to 2006, we had no children, and I basically was a DJ. Like I said, my wife really didn't join me out at night. We lived in Manhattan. Right. Uh, DJed out like two or three nights a week. So I would be out DJing, which is, a you know, that's great, but I wasn't making any music then. And then I'd be at home wasting time. And at one point, you know, there was a couple opportunities that I had that I botched up and... It just hit me. Once I had my son in 2007, uh, my son was born, Dylan, and I realized, um, excuse me, in 2005, and I realized, yo, I got to like, this is it. It's time to Mm. to, um, start producing. So that's what it is, man. It's just it's that nonstop. I mean, I have a crazy work ethic and my parents did, too. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want to go to the studio on their free time. Right. Or they don't want to sneak it in at, you know, at 11 in the morning to, to 1 in the afternoon. Like They, they want to go at night and drink or whatever it is. It's, and that's not really what my thing is. Mm. Yeah, so, and, and and you seem to have a good support system. Uh, yeah, around, yeah. So no doubt. That's important. No that's important. I got a beautiful family, man. Thank God. I just lost my mom. That's oh, man. Thing. I lost my mom to, to cancer. She got sick. Three months yeah. later, she passed. Ooh. So, rest in paradise. Yeah. Her, she, but that's more like, you know, this is a woman who was healthy, was doing, you know, took care of all of us. She was 68. Bang, she's gone. And it was like, that's, yo. That's young still, man. Come. What's that? That's young still, too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Too young, man. Too young. So, Damn, God bless your moms, man. Sorry about that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's just a wake-up call. You know, I always thought my dad was going to go first, which is fucked up to say. But right. It seems like, you know, you get this perspective, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, what? What is, is anyone going to remember me that I was a project manager on construction sites if I die? <laughs> or people going to remember me that I, you know, make the hip-hop that I want and right. blast it out and just share my opinion? So, and, and you can actually change stuff with music, which is more of a reason to really... You know, I get all these crazy fucking emails from Europe and South America and all sorts of shit, like just mm. things that, you know, I was at a party in 2002 and I heard just a song and I remember it to this day. And you're like, Damn. like those people remember things and you, you're part of their, you, you influence them. You, they're, right. they're stuck in their brain now, you know, be it a good reason or a bad reason. So, Damn. Yeah. That's, that's, I say that same thing too all the time. Like, like, you know, cause construction can be dangerous so sometimes you have near misses and i always think about that like when i i uh 
so, you know, something close happens or you, you think about it and you're, I'm like, man, what a shitty fucking way it would be to go out yeah. here. Like, do something you don't even like to do. You know, just like, fuck. Build it. Like, right now, I'm in Sayreville, New Jersey, driving steel sheeting at, in a shit plant. Like, man, what a fucking awful way to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, where'd he die? Oh, yeah, in a shit plant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, nah, I'm serious. So, you know, at least if I keel over doing this, it'd be like, oh man, that guy was talking to MC White Owl at least, you know, like <laughs> I thought of that today actually. I was up top on a uh on a building in the rain, wandering around oh, yeah. that. You just don't you gotta be so careful, man. It's worth taking your time. Yeah. It really is. But um the other, I mean, listen, then it gets back to the thing of the reason that I do all this is also because I'm a huge hip hop fan. I'm a fan first. So right. for me, you know, growing up, I didn't really have my heroes were hip hop, uh, you know, MCs and DJs. That's who I wanted mm-hmm. to meet. And then, you know, as I got older, I got a chance to meet a lot of people that I thought were stars. And then you start to realize, all right, these people are real people. You know, a lot of them have real jobs besides what you see. And, um, Right. I'm actually going to be with a guy tomorrow. That's like one of my favorite hip hop artists ever. I'm gonna. I get to meet tomorrow. I get to go to uh, Who? to lunch with him. So I never met him before, and I I cannot wait to meet him. And I I I gets back to the fact like I wouldn't meet him unless I was making music. He wouldn't want to meet. Right. Me. Right. He wants to meet me. <laughs> I'm making music. You know, we have something in common. And be he be you know if he is who I think he is or he's not, at least. I finally get to put that face with the name and know, you know this is someone growing up that I really looked up to. So, can uh, I can, can you can you put his name out there? Can you say or no? Nah? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, that's fine, man. Um, Smooth B from Nice and Smooth. Oh yeah, yo, that's to meet him, man. Smooth B. That's yo, that's amazing. He's a Bronx wow. one of the best MCs ever, and he's yeah. to this day like he's that good. I just completed a song with him. And he's just—he's real, real good. I mean, he makes oh, it, man. He makes it seem easy. That's so, yo, that's dope, man. Congratulations on that, yo. Let yo, let him know he's got—he's got love here if he ever wants to come on the podcast. Okay, I will tell him. <laughs> you know, uh, actually, I—I—I I, I got to meet. Um, well, I have on my show one of my favorite MCs of all time. Uh, I don't. You remember uh, Mike Geronimo? Of course, you had him on the show. Yeah, yeah, I had him on the show last year. I, I believe it was episode, yeah, the natural episode nineteen. And wow. man, he was a cool cat. And I was that that episode. I sound like I'm like a big, big fanboy because I'm like I'm I that album, the natural, was my like shit's real is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I love a- Mike Geronimo, man. Amazing song. He was. Uh, I was an intern at Wild Pitch Records in 1994. Oh, word. He was coming out then. Yeah. Hit the. Uh, Shit's Real came out in 94. Yeah, his manager worked at Wild Pitch. Somebody that was affiliated with his team worked at Wild Pitch. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were all waiting for that album to drop. Or it had just dropped and we, you know, that was, it was Nas, Mike Geronimo, um, Main Source. All these people were dropping at that Mm -hmm. point that just, such a different era in time, man. Just yeah, know. it was great. I used to, I tell my kids all the time, like, you used to have to act, go and really, like, decide, like, yo, what am I going to spend my money on? Because there was so much dope music that was coming out, man. It was, it was, yeah. oh, it was crazy. It's yeah. a different thing. I mean, nowadays, like, a lot of these kids don't actually buy any physical thing, as you know. And, right. Um, 
I took my son to a Drake and Migos concert at MSG. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like Drake. I gotta be honest. I think he's a talented guy. I, I'm not a big Migos fan, but I think Drake is a talent. Uh, he's a talented guy. Here's what I'll say. This is this is my <laughs> yeah. He, he don't write though. No, 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 no. I don't care about any of that. He's talented. Yes, he on stage he can perform. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get he has a good voice. The things that were coming out of his mouth on MS, at MSG were inappropriate. Like straight up, if he was yeah. from the era that I'm from and where where I'm from, he'd be smacked the fuck up, smacked around. He would not right. have left there without his bodyguards. And I'm sure he doesn't leave without bodyguards. But yeah, nah. I, 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 I know who he is, and I, I'm aware of the on MSG stage to be in Madison Square Garden. And to be using the words that you're using and to, to be talking like that's reckless, 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 man. That's reckless yeah. stuff. That's that's not mm-hmm. hip-hop. I mean, I understand that you are hip-hop and people love you. And there's probably plenty of people that will be like, yo, what is this fucking dude saying? Listen, you don't go on a stage and use the N-word, every other word out of your mouth like that, with no care about what it's affecting and who you who's listening right, right. with kids there. That's not right, man. That's... But that's so that's another reason that I make hip hop. I mean, it doesn't matter that I'm, you know, I'm a Jew from New York, but I'm from an African-American neighborhood mainly. Mm-hmm. And if I would have used the N word when I was growing up, you wouldn't walk out of school like you would yeah. be not safe straight up. You're mm-hmm. not safe. And that that mentality that like that's respect, though. Like if someone called me a kite to my face, I'd also probably punch him in the fucking throat. So, right. you know, I'm not a tough guy, but it's same time and respect growing up and growing up in new york to know that this is what like hip-hop it used to be about not doing drugs being peaceful staying out of the way and if someone was a drug dealer whatever they were affiliated with and you knew about it through hip-hop that was left though at the sidelines and now right. it's the wrong the wrong message is being sent man it's like the corporations took over and that's partly you know why i think that what the stuff that i make and the guys that i make music with it's important because a lot of it is about not doing that not positivity this nonsense yeah man it's about being positive and not about mm. you know this this bullshit and you know it's not it's nothing personal to drink i don't i don't know him and i don't you know i, I understand he's got a career to uphold and he has to do what he does but just leave an the, image the n-word out yeah let, let me ask you a question like you you feel do you feel because my i understand exactly what you're saying and i, I feel like over time being um you know, uh, getting older really puts things into perspective and, and you really realize just how how much of a influence the music has over over younger people, especially hip hop music, because hip hop music is really it's 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 the voice of, of young people. Do you find that like that that you you have a greater appreciation for that? And now that you're you know, now that you're older. No, man, I was always I always understood that when I was young. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, sit here and say I'm the smartest dude in the world, but I was a smart person and I understood from a young age that where I grew up, I was the minority. And it was, yep. it was there weren't a lot of Jewish people, there were not a lot of white people. And that's fine. It wasn't a problem. It was more like a fact. It was, there's a lot of African Americans, a lot of Hispanic, some Asian, some Jewish people, but mainly most of them, like, uh, you know, skipped out of the schools that I was in. So, right.
was fun and Beastie Boys was fun, but you know, there was Melly Mel was the message and Brady yeah. B Street, these movies, like you, you saw something, you said, okay, why do these people do what they do? It kind of explained some of the older people from my school to me. And then seeing the DJs that I did, which were mainly taking their routines from the Bronx and start exploring and like seeing, you know, some of the situations people are put in and you realize, wait a minute, you know, a lot of these people are talking about this because this is the way that they have to be, which is they have to be respectful of guidelines that we don't have to respect maybe, or maybe we did. But from my school and where I'm from, it was definitely like, I think about sixth or seventh grade, it hit me like, you know, these people are talking about stuff that I need to be aware of. And then things start happening to you. I had a couple problems right. when I was younger. You know, I got bullied bad when I was in seventh and eighth grade, like, bad, bad. So I realized, like, yo, these people that are bullying me, they're not playing by the rules of the older people that I know mainly. Like, most of them are doing illegal things, and I I got that. And hip-hop was, at the same time, informing me. I remember um, Public Enemy had a bunch mm -hmm. of songs. A lot of the songs that they were talking about, you know, they, they, were, they were discussing drug dealers and the philosophy of, like, how they decide to serve up who they do and why liquor stores and drugs are in the poor neighborhoods and not in the middle-class neighborhoods. And it just starts right. to... You know, it starts to dawn on you. And then my parents were pretty honest people. And I start thinking to myself, wait a minute, you, you know, there's this line. And hip-hop always was was the truth. It was like the news. Um, yes. And in Westchester, we had Brand Nubian. We had oh, I love Seals Brand Nubian. Yeah, P-Rock and Seal Smooth, yeah. Yeah, those are groups that, that, you know, those groups were like, they were just super influential. And we got to see them. When I was in ninth, 10th grade, you'd see these which was and you see these groups and you couldn't drink alcohol and you couldn't mm. smoke it was it was with clubs that were like for young people but stuff would happen there and you'd think to yourself all right you know this is the way that the world is and it just you know i'm not i came up in the in the middle class but at the same time i had a real good view of other people's cultures and situations that hip-hop explained and then i think around 94 95 i remember thinking to myself yo there's like a change in the in the uh, vibe in hip-hop but all of a sudden it started to become the corporate message and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was, everybody was talking about guns and that they're a gangster like yeah it just happened overnight man and it, it's it never recovered and one of the things that i never understood is how many times can people hear that story like right you know, 1% or 2% of the guys that say they're gangsters are. And most of them that say that they are like some low-level version of it. Like how many guys are actually <laughs> yeah. gangsters at a rat? Like, right. Come on, man. So, and of course, there's exceptions. But, you know, what happens to all these educated dudes that rhyme? And they're still there. But, you know, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Showbiz yep. and AG, Public Enemy, um, just... All these groups from Long Island, from yeah, KRS One, the king of it. I mean, the Bronx Edutainment. I mean, he was an edu an educator and an entertainer. Yep. KRS One, Rakim, all these different poor righteous teachers from New Jersey. Oh yeah, yeah, poor righteous yeah. teachers. Yeah. Of course, and, and there's a lane for all these people, but it just never made sense to me that people wanted dumbed down. But then later in life, you know, I worked at a radio station in college. It was college radio, but still, you get the point that the big corporations took control. They they saw a chance to make a movie 
mockery kind of show of hip hop, and that's not hip hop. That's rap music, and that's genre from within hip hop that still dictates um what's on the radio right now. Right. It's it's crazy, man. And you know what? The saddest part about it is, and I'll stop my rant is my <laughs> son is 13 years old. You know, right. my son is 13 years old, and he lives in New York, and he knows better. But we're at the Drake concert. And he's singing along to Migos, and they're you know these morons are talking about being coke dealers. Like, yeah, if that's who they were. They wouldn't be doing that. Like, just right. It's a shame. It's it's all fun and games, man. Until like you're 22 years old and you're you know you, somebody smokes you in your BMW. You know what I mean? Like it really. I mean, we lived that through yo know, Pac and Biggie, and I mean that happens all all the time. I mean, yeah, man. It's crazy. It's a Make sad it state of affairs, man. And you know what? The, 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 there's a lot of people that are profiting off that, that want that. Oh, to yeah. That and that's a sad thing. But hopefully the world will wake up together at some point. Mm. That's some that's some knowledge right there, man. That's I agree for wholeheartedly. I really do. I mean, like, not really. <laughs> I, no, I really. I, I, I agree, it, man. Okay? I mean, I'm I, repeating I, what I know. I mean. Yeah. No, I, I listen, man. I agree. I'm uh I I just I I agree. I can't even really stress it anymore. I I, I feel like I'm I'm talking uh, to myself a little bit there because like I I've said it I've I've preached it to my my kids and stuff like that too. Uh, my son is a big hip hop fan. Luckily, I you know I raised him right. Like he uh, you know like he was talking to his friends about uh, something about Nas being better than one of these new rappers and he, and the kid was like oh no so and so is better and. My son was like, "No, he's not." No, no, he's not. And I was, I was, I was, I was a proud dad right there. I know I, I, I did something right. There you uh, go. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I wait, understand. Are you, uh, are, are you, are you down with like the ill rock guys and stuff? I don't know the, who that is. Nah, I thought I, I thought I seen I, I, maybe that, the um, you never heard of uh, ill rock and there's another white owl. Yeah, yeah, that's a different white owl, and that white owl's had the name. For the same amount of time that I have. That's see, there's you know what? There's four white owls that I know. There's the white <laughs> owl that passed away that was DJ right. White Owl. There's the white owl that you're talking about that I believe has had the name for the same amount of time. And if I'm not mistaken, has the same name as me too, which is even no more, more crazy. Really? He has the same real name. And that's a coincidence, of course. That's crazy. Then there's, another, then there's another DJ White Owl, but the White Owl you're talking about has been around for a long, long time, and I, yeah. I actually met him once too. Um, mm -hmm. But that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the name of their camp. But now I, that does uh, it does ring a bell. So familiar. Yeah, I, uh, a, a dude that I grew up with, he does uh, some production for them and stuff, and I remember seeing. Uh, keep in touch with them. So I've seen something on on like Facebook or something. They were at a concert and and uh, but the video was awful and it was uh, White Owl was there and I so I, I just that just reminded me. So that's why I asked. No, it wasn't me. Uh, it was in Jersey too. Is it, is it? So I was gonna say, yo, man, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know if you uh, did shows in Jersey and stuff. I mean, of course, but that White Owl has had a couple hit songs, I believe. But he's a he's an MC though, not a DJ, and he might have been right. a DJ at one point. But he called himself DJ White Owl also, which is there's a lot of weird coincidences, man. One of my <laughs> friends from Queens is a good MC and knew him and, and respected him and was like, mm -hmm. you're not going to believe it. There's another White Owl who also is like got a shaved head about your height. <laughs> right. kind of sounds like you. Yeah. And that was that was years after the other White Owl thing. So it was like at that point, I'm like, nah, there's no way. 
And then about a year later, I met him. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. And then, the, you know what? There is a white owl from uh, Chicago. You're right. That's another thing. Yeah, it is. On Facebook, somebody was trying to find me once and was like, you know, I'm very upset with what you did. And I'm like, all right, what I do? And they're like, you know what you did, whatever, in Chicago. And I'm like, all right, it's not me. Um, I have no tattoos, <laughs> right. so I'm right. tatless. So that's not nice. me. But, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, a lot of people with the same name. A lot of White Owls. That's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that. Sometimes that makes for a good party, depending on what you're into. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what it is? Good? <laughs> exactly. It's good for... Um, it's good for stories. It's good yeah. for the story purpose of it. So you know what? Ill Rock's got some really good acts. That they've got a, um, they've got that act. They got some dope acts. I know who they are, of course. A script keeper. Using it with another. Um, um, what's that? A script keeper, I think, is one of the one of the dudes. They got I, Danny Diablo. Yeah, Danny Diablo is the dude that I'm thinking of. He's like a hardcore. He's a hardcore legend from New York. I mean, he's a yeah. Mainstream. Yeah, yeah, and White Owl was his partner mm-hmm. at one point. So I'm aware. I'm not. I don't know the music. You know, I've, I've heard a couple of the joints, but I'm 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 well aware in a good way. Yeah, no, nah, they're, they're they're all right. They're a little uh, on the hard side from my from my taste. Uh, but um, yeah, that's why I was asking. I just it clicked, like I said, it clicked in my head, and then uh, I was asking. Um, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What uh so. So how far how far back you go with Jeff Perlman? And let's talk about this football for a buck song. That's dope. I love it. I met Perlman in uh, I think I met Jeff Perlman in about two thousand and eight or two thousand nine in my brother mm-hmm. uh, my brother in law's house, and he was talking to me. He you know my brother in law introduced him as a as a writer, and he started talking to me about hip hop. We had a bunch in common, and. I read the Mets book and I couldn't believe how great that book is, man. As a fan of Mets, that book, he had amazing stories and he's a good storyteller. When you meet him and you talk to him, you know, you get a real like truthful feel for what it's like to actually research all that stuff to understand what it must be like to, I mean, he puts in hours and hours. I can't even imagine, man. I can't. His process is wild, man. Right. So, so, yeah, that's that's how I I ended up talking to him about um about hip hop a lot. But I'm not a, I'm not really a sports fan. I'm a you know I'm a Mets and a Yankees fan, and I'm a Giants fan. But I'm really a New York Giants fan. I don't really care much right. about anything. Um, so, but just to understand what he does for research, and he's like that about music too. So that's how he and I hit it off. And then from there, he was like, you know, can you, uh, the first song I did for him was a Walter Payton song for his Walter Payton book. Oh, I did. I never heard that one. I didn't know. I did not know that you did a Walter Payton song. I gotta, I gotta check that out. Damn. I'll send you all the albums, man. So matter of fact, he was like one of the first people I had been working with the producer at that point, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. And Jeff said to me, Hey, make me a Walter Payton song. And I made it. And I said, you know what? It came off easy and it felt good i'm like you know let me get back in the studio and from that um he helped wake me up a little bit that was a good uh turning point for me in about 2009 or 2010 something like that matter of fact i got the book let's see i believe the book is right here there it is yeah here's here's his sweetness yes boys will be boys yep rocket that fell to earth um 
Yeah, I didn't read that. I didn't read that one. There's a good book if you need a recommendation. Really? That's a great book, man. I don't know if you know anything about that. Nah, but, um, I don't. You, I, yo, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, what's it, what's that all about? I'm going to I, I, I have to check that out. It sounds like some. No. Yeah, that looks, uh, that's, that's definitely that's something I would read. Yeah. That's, that's definitely book. something I would check history out. Of um, history of hip hop through, through the, through the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like a year by year breakdown of everything, but. This is my little like this is my little storage thing, man. I got a beef eater, uh, beef eater from London came through because I made a song for them. Yep. I got a bottle. I won't crack it open though. That's um, awesome, man. What else? Uh, I got all the records in here. Yep. I see. Yeah, I see. I seen the baseball card box on the shelf there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I got so many baseball cards, man. Yep. Yeah, me too. As <laughs> as a kid, I remember all of those. Damn. <laughs> That works, man. That works. That's that's what the white owls are for. That's it. But, Yo, um, you need you need four white owls for that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, you need more than that. How about this? Man, you remember these guys? The, oh, what? Nah, man. What are? Those are muscle men. That was like the collective. I I don't remember them, man. I was into like oh. GI Joes and shit, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm a G.I. Joe fan, no doubt. Those are like little uh, warriors, like warrior muscles. Mm-hmm. This is a great album right there, man. I'm going to send it to you. Rhinoceros Funk, The Aesthetic Art of Aggression. Here's, yeah, I'll have to uh, check that out. This is this dude, White Ninja, who paints on all the trains. Shit. I don't know, man. This, oh, you know. Speaking, of, speaking of which, man, I got I to gotta get me... Um... I gotta get me one of them White Owl stickers, man. That that's oh, posted I, I everywhere. You, All right, yo, I got um, I got stickers too. I don't know where they went, but um, I got sticker. Yo, I got stickers and I got t-shirts. So I, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get that to you. Sounds good. I so think, well, this is the USFL book. Yeah. From yeah, the, um, t-shirts based on the teams mm-hmm. and. Yeah, man, I'm not a Trump fan. No offense, you know, to anybody. I, I, nah, me neither. Politics, nah, fuck that. We fuck fuck Trump. I say that shit all the time. I hate that fucking asshole. I mean, I'm not a fan, <laughs> man. So basically, USFL was ruined by Trump, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the book is not really about Trump. But the book talks about how you know the USFL almost could have made it, and how a lot of the guys from the USFL made it into the NFL, and. Yeah, Perlman blessed me, gave me the opportunity to make that song, that's and that awesome. song took off on its own. And it got that a song lot is of dope. That beat Thanks. is dope too, man. It really is. Like the, the beat was made by a guy named the Illustrated One. Mm-hmm. The Illustrated One on uh, Instagram, and yeah, he did a good job with the beat. And the beat just basically, I heard the beat, and the song just made you know just that made was an easy one. Yeah, that's a lot that's of good. A... Um, a lot of good wordplay in there. You were you worked with uh you did you did some work on uh with Static Selector too, right? He's uh yes, he's unbelievable man. He's an unbelievable yeah, producer. He's amazing. I like he, him a lot. He's one of my favorites. He's an amazing DJ, man. He's one of those guys that you, you basically ask him to do something, one take, he's done. He's just Damn. phenomenal. He's a student of uh DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. And he is just so, I mean, he talk about productive, like this dude. He's he must have you know 
a lot, a lot, a lot of hits in his uh, banks. Let's put it that way. Right. right. And he has so, a weekly radio show, just super productive dude. Um, total blessing to work with him. So um, what else, man? What else can I um, tell you? All right. So here we go. I want to ask you this, right? I want to ask you a, a couple a couple things real quick. So how do you feel about the hip-hop battle? Are you, I mean... Do you, do you get excited when you see cats go at each other or because I, I feel I feel kind of torn about it because this is one thing that I always said. I brought this up to actually to Mike Geronimo when I talked to him is that I, I feel like like there's a part of me that likes it. But there's also this part of me that wonders, like, why is hip hop the only form of of art where we have to pit the artists against each other? You know what I mean? Like, they, like there's no you don't you don't see like Billy Joel and Elton John are are collaborating. They're not battling each other on the pianos. You know what I'm saying? Like, that always bothered me, man. I think that speaks that, to like bigger things, but that that I it doesn't bother me at all. I understand. You know, there's it's about party rock, and it used to be mm-hmm. two dudes were in a party, one sound system, and that that stems back from like battles of sound systems. Um, at the street lamps. The original DJ, uh, Cool Herc came. Cool Herc came from Jamaica. He was a Jamaican uh, yep. DJ. He came from Jamaica. He sets up. He, he you know, starts uh, playing breakbeats, and then uh, Flash or Bambata or whoever it is wants to do it different with different records. That part, that Bronx tradition of battling, doesn't. I mean, I love it, of course, but mm-hmm. my thing is, I'm. It's not that I don't. Not a, I'm a, I'm a fan of it, but I'm I'm old school. I, I like a battle is like Craig G versus Supernatural, or right, you know, Biz Marquee versus whoever, or Shan versus KRS One. To me, yeah, KRS One is the best MC live, and all his records combined, he's the best MC ever. Rockem really? is the best writer. You know, I don't know anybody who could write an album like Rockem, and I don't think there mm. will ever be anything like that again. It changed everything, like. You know, hip hop was one way, and then Rakim came, and it all changed. Changed, and, yeah, and it holds up. Big Daddy came. What's that? And his stuff holds up too, man. His yeah, lyrics hold up. Timeless music, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So the golden age is like over, and it doesn't bother me that guys want to battle. I get it, but the whole like practicing in advance for two weeks and writing, you know, lines about <laughs> someone's mom and like right, integrating right. stuff about their school history and doing research. All right, I, I sort of get it. I'm, I don't want to take anything away from it. It's it's certainly a skill, and it, you know it just doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm coming from the old school right. mentality of my thing when I was young was how can I put something on a record so that if someone hears it again and again, they're gonna want to know more about it. How can I write so that if you hear it 15 times over, you know the 16th time you're gonna hear something that you didn't know. In my songs, I know. There's things that mean two, three, there's double, triple entendres, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that if you don't speak English well or if you don't have a dictionary, you're not going to get it. So, and then right. I'm working with people, you know, on, on that level where there's a song, that, okay, there's a guy from uh, camp that I work with, it's TME, and there's a song by a guy named Akbar, and the song is called MC Search. I'm going to send it to you. You listen right. to how this guy put together, this guy Akbar, this MC Akbar, he is amazing. And he's a Chicago legend. I mean, he's been around since the late 80s. He's a graffiti writer and a mm-hmm. MC, and he's well-known. And hip-hop 
everybody knows him, but he came out last year with a song called MC Search, and they put it on um, Sway in the Morning, had it on, and it did well. But to know that somebody could put together words in this format, it's mind-blowing. I mean, it must have taken months and months. And this is my friend, so I know him, and I'm, you know, when I talk to him about it, I try to pick his brain about it, but I know that you just have to be so in-depth to get to that level. And that's how, you know, those are the people that I'm trying to work with, and that's the type of music I'm trying to make. It's we're trying to find samples and dig for sounds and put words in there that later on you're going to sound too much. It's not, you know, they're not going to really, and that that's also, you know, that's also a, a, a maybe, and that's, okay, let me, let me go one step at a time. Like that's, right. there's people that say to me, yo, you know, for a hip hop purist, you just make basically making nerd rap or you're making like, musical niche rap that's like too yeah but that that's what powers me that's what makes me want to do it it's like i'm trying to pay homage to the degree that that's where it should be like it doesn't matter if the radio is not gonna respond to that i have a song about um bank credit and it lists all the different banks and it's all like if you listen to what i'm saying all the bank names there's like 25 banks that i name so the Mm -hmm. song goes account summary credit in disarray Discover that my master has revolving bills to pay. Live within your means. I was trying to teach my son. Once we tied it all together, I got in the city banking. FICO score tanking. Chase preferred credit to fly the friendly skies top ranking. Sun Trust, Bank of America, pops say all the same. Debit in the credit swipe and dip, you play the game. Chips and grain the plastic, plastic in your pocket. You're in a bunch of bonus miles. First, it's hard to knock it. Then the travel dates is blacked out. Couldn't fly without that visa. I'm going to dine this club with Amex, earning bonus points at leisure. Like, you got to know. <laughs> right. You got to know that visa is a visa card and also right. the visa. Diners club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yo, if you're under 35, you are not. You don't yeah, remember diners club. You don't know nothing <laughs> about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yo, that's. Yeah. All right. So, so all right. So, that's that's you you get my point it's like yes there's levels and levels to this and that's what like listen like big l and um mm. ag showbiz and ag andre the giant of uh digging into crates yep and d-i-t-c of course big of course biggie you listen to a biggie song years later you might hear something and say oh my god he was talking about yeah. like three things at once like you just like I heard a Biggie song the other day where I'm like I can't believe I never all these years never caught I didn't that realize. Yeah, yeah I took it for face value what he was saying and then I realized there's puns in there it's like so intricate and layered and it takes so long to write all that and that's why you know it's almost like a disease like you're gonna be writing in your sleep you're gonna wake up with a pen and a pad and get out of bed like this happens to me once a month I get out of bed and wake myself up. And I write mm. something down because I, I wrote it in my sleep. And now my, I got to go right. and transcribe it or I'll forget it. So it's Shit, that mentality, man. man. It's living and breathing it. All right. So I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask you two more things before before. And no, I don't. I, yes, I like battle rap. But no, I'm not. I'm, you know, I don't right. really care about it enough, man. Right. Okay. So first, I'm going to ask you this. Now, this is like, this is just a generic question. But I, because you're so... Uh, in tune with the hip hop and its history and stuff. It really, I really want to know this. So you, if you have five albums 
That's it. You can only listen to five hip-hop albums, not including your own music, for the rest of your life. And that's it. That's hard, man. Yeah. Uh, Rakim. Rakim. Eric B. and Rakim follow the leader. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Public Enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Um, Slick Rick, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. Um, two more. Nice and Smooth, Nice and Smooth. Mm-hmm. That's their original album. Yep. And last one would be... Whew, wow. A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory. Let's see. All right. I'm going to give you mine because that's funny because a lot, a lot yeah. of people... So my Tribe Called Quest album is Midnight Marauders. I like the low end theory too, but I something about Midnight Marauders. I feel all right. So, so I got Midnight Marauders, Reasonable Doubt, great album, Illmatic. Oh, of course, I forgot Illmatic. <laughs> That's a all great right. album, man. Yeah, um, I gotta throw in the the, the very first album. Uh, that I ever bought with my own money from my man, Big Daddy Kane. It's a Big Daddy thing. Phenomenal I love that album. album. And then this is uh, Ill, uh, Delph Half-Life by The Roots. Yeah, they're amazing, man. That's yeah. an amazing group. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Lou Capetta. As you can see, we ran into a few technical difficulties there. Uh, I was speaking to MC White Owl for so long that his phone actually died. Now, we recorded this uh, early December, a little after Thanksgiving, and we tried to reconnect to finish uh, up the episode, which was about to wrap up anyway, and we just couldn't make it happen. It was a busy time. So if you listen to the beginning of the show, you know that rather than opening with my uh, regular theme music, I opened with uh, an MC White Owl song. The song is called Deep Shadows Master, and it's by MC White Owl. So rather than, you know, keep this on hold for a while and try to make it work where we can finish the show, uh, MC White Owl gave me permission to use another one of his songs. We are going to close out the show with a song I really like. It was a promotional song that we talked about that he did for Jeff Perlman's new book called Football for a Buck. The book is great. The song is great. It's short, so listen to it. Uh, check it out. And once again, everybody, thanks for listening. And peace. Everything that we touched in this city has, in fact, really worked out. And outside of the city has really worked out. And against big odds. USFL, football for a buck. Just another dream Donald Trump screwed up. The United States, football, league, drugs, egos, money, greed, the truth. Why Trump hates the NFL He's a racist and a bigot And his tickets wouldn't sell A POTUS that can't even spell A story so absurd That's the USFL Dear Donald Trump, you filthy leech How many lies you gonna tell Before they impeach Let me interject a bit I don't want you to forget The tears, the fears, the blood, the sweat A league full of winners Remembered for lack of liquidity When in reality It was all your stupidity A bunch of misfits This fits perfectly well Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie And some names ring a bell And markets that might sell Battle the NFL 83 to 85 It didn't end so well 40 million reasons It was over in three seasons A young Steve Young NFL had the lead 
Cajuns Before the comb over Before the Trump Towers Before Stormy Daniels Before the Golden Showers Countless hours wasted Success never tasted Spring fling football And promo went and traced it USFL Football for a buck Just another dream Donald Trump screwed up The United States Football League Drugs Egos Money Greed The truth Why Trump hates the NFL He's a racist and a bigot And his tickets wouldn't sell A POTUS That can't even spell A story so absurd That's the USFL The drugs The sex The hookers The bars The players That became NFL stars The invaders The breakers The generals The blitz A league rewarded grown men With working chicks Chicago for Arizona What a crazy scheme Arizona for Chicago Yes, the whole team Stiffing players out of money Including Reggie White Players puking on coaches Even in mid-flight Through the NFL Donnie, you schmuck White out with Jeff Perlman, football for a buck. David Dixon, Chet Simmons, Bobby Bear, Anthony Carter, Doug Williams, Brian Sight, Gary Anderson, Vaughn Johnson. He traded a whole team for a team. <laughs>